Welcome to a brand new episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast. This is episode 31 and we will be talking about burnout. Burnout is not a rare phenomenon amongst engineers that we have to deal with. In this episode, we'll talk about the ways we've been affected by burnout and how we've had to deal with it. Let's go around the table and give brief introductions of today's panelists. Brian, you always sit right next to me. You started <laughs> off. Hi, I'm Brian Holt, and I'm one of three white guys from Netflix here. <laughs> I'm Stacey London. I'm front-end dev from Atlassian. I'm Augustus Hewn, front-end engineer at Evernote. I'm Ryan Aklum, a senior software engineer at Netflix, and I feel great! <laughs> Man, that's a, that's a hard one to follow now. <laughs> and also no context. <laughs> he just ate a Nutrigrain bar. <laughs> there you go. And I'm Ryan Burgess. I'm a software engineering manager at Netflix. In each episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast, we like to choose a keyword that if it's mentioned at all in the podcast, we will all take a drink. So in spirit of burnout, what did we decide today's episode keyword is? Tired. tired tired so if anyone says the word tired we will all take a drink all right well let's get started how does burnout happen to each of you overwhelming amounts of work that needs to be yeah. done um <laughs> i think that's that's a, a good way to put it for me i've had a couple pretty serious bouts with burnout uh throughout my career almost all at reddit actually entirely during my time at reddit just like leading up to the holidays, we'd be crunching to get things ready for Black Friday, getting ready for Cyber Monday. Um, we'd be to the point of sometimes sleeping in the office, uh, sun up to sundown working. And it's just like that was the amount of work necessary to get things done. I, I, don't, I don't know how to justify it. Like, I don't think it is justifiable, but it was also just what had to be done, right? It was either that or our product failed. So we, uh, we did it. But after like, what was it, December? 18th, which was the shipping deadline for Christmas for the Reddit Gifts Marketplace, which is what I worked on, I was just crash. Reddit actually used to give me a month off every year to recover from the burnout because it was literally two months of just crunching. That's not good though either no. to like have to like push because your head's not in it either. Like I know I've done at some agencies I've done like all nighters, literally writing some like small, small thing in JavaScript. Like I was killing myself trying to figure it out. Probably took me an hour to do just to figure it out when in all reality, it probably should have taken like three or four minutes, but you kind of hit that point where it's just like starts to kill you and you can't write anymore. Yep, for sure. Yeah, I, I usually know I'm starting to burn out a little bit when I stop being passionate about learning new things. Like I'll, I'll see a blog post, I'm like, oh, this is cool. And I'll start reading it in two sentences. I'm like, ugh. This hurts. Yeah, totally. I'll, I'll know that it's time to just step away for a little bit and, and do something fun. I think for me, too, another thing, it's not even necessarily a company pushing me to overwork, is sometimes I just take on too much, like whether it be work and plus other side projects totally. or just even at work being like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can do that. And then it all like piles on and you're like, oh, shit, I've agreed to do all these things and they're all due at the same time. And Yes, I'm sure you could talk to someone and say like, hey, I took on way too many things, but I, I just kind of pushed myself to do it all. Burnout for me was a couple of jobs ago. It was a site that needed, you know, 24 by seven support. And I was kind of on a rotation to do that kind of support. And it used to, it, the team was originally fairly big and then people kept quitting because it was just like, you'd get woken up every night and you'd have to like slog through and try and troubleshoot everything and get it working again. And there's all this pressure to get it working, right? Because, you know, millions of dollars lost, you know, if the site's not up. so. Eventually more and more people quit. So it was like, I was on this rotation, like 
twice a month and then it was a new person on the team so then you were like a backup for them well they didn't know how to fix stuff so then you were basically on call at all times and so like I was not sleeping I was not getting good sleep at all and then like the whole site did a major upgrade and we were up for like 30 hours straight like that was yeah I was was tired (laughs) (laughs) and I remember driving home after the upgrade was kind of like done and the site was still stable and we they had been like force feeding us Red Bulls to like stay up and like do all this work and I remember like I'm picturing like IVs right Uh, (laughs) Stacy take your IV did you get your Red Bull fill you need more I was like my hands were shaking as I was driving home and I'm like this is so unsafe like I should not be driving home right now I'm too tired and so I think Stacy brought up a salient point which is if your work and your plus your extracurriculars are starting to affect your sleep schedule like be aware you're you're on the train to burnout mm-hmm. I mean it happens sometimes right like that's part of the job of being a, an, an engineer right but if it's if you're always in emergency mode, uh, you, you have a problem. I would question that company if they're always in emergency mode. But I mean, every company has it sometime, right? I think sometime that's okay. But all the time, if you're like constantly in that mode, that's no good. If you ask any engineer that's been in the field long enough, they're gonna say they had at least one job like that, right? They, that was constantly in emergency mode. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty, it's, it is kind of a privileged perspective to say you have to question the company because like there's lots and lots of company out there and I'm sure we have listeners out that are dealing with that right now. I still think you need to question it. So, <laughs> fuck you, Ryan. <laughs> but I think it's a good point in that, like, I'm actually glad we talk about it because I think it's a lot more prevalent for startups or Silicon Valley, like, where smaller companies, like, they give so many responsibilities to, like, individuals. Like, you know, like, a typical software engineer at a startup probably has way more responsibilities than maybe, like, at a bigger company. And so I think that also attributes to burnout, just, like, having a lot of context switching and like having to juggle so many responsibilities. So I think depending on the company, it might be a lot more of the standard, but it definitely, I don't think it's necessarily an excuse. No, I think you're, you're right too. And I think especially in a startup, time matters. Getting that product out the door, like as quick as possible to get something there can be really important. So you may actually have to be really pushing yourself to do that. And you're right. You don't necessarily do just your job. You're taking on other jobs too, because you don't have a full workforce necessary. I think that that is definitely everything you just said is true, but it's only part of the picture, right? Like there are large companies that that consistently work that way. I have a friend that just moved here to the Bay Area, and, and she told me that when she got there on the first day, like, yeah, we work like 60 hours a week. Like, oh. everyone here works that much. And I'm like, holy shit, find a new job. <laughs> and I guess that's what I'm getting at is I judge that company. Like, why do you have to consistently do that all the time? I have no problem working a 60-hour week, but if it's consistently like that, that's not good. I was going to say, I have a problem working. <laughs> this is a one-on-one with my manager right now. I have a problem working 60 hours a week. But I wouldn't make you work 60-hour work weeks. Exactly. Was it a bait and switch for her? Like, did she ask during the interview, like, what's your work-life balance like? And they're like, it's great. I, I don't think so. Like, it was, uh, it was her first developer job, so you just, it's hard to say no to that, particularly yeah. to a big-name company. So, I mean, you can't fault her at all. The uh, work hard, play hard. I was just going to say. That byline, whatever you want to call it, makes me super apprehensive like if i hear that red flaming flag red flag yeah that gives me anxiety (laughs) that's a lot more apparent here too like for sure 
But why is it in our industry? Like, why is it? I mean, I know there's other industries that do this, like investment banking. Like, I've definitely heard had friends that are like accountants, and they have obviously certain time of year during tax time. It's really, really bad. Lawyers, like, there's definitely do- jobs that are like that. But why is ours? kind of it feels like why is that a thing badge of honor sometimes people think the more they work for sure like hero like i'm badass because i worked all night and stayed up coding yeah like we've all done it like we've all had a conversation where like it's like well i did this last week i worked 100 hours last week and you're saying it out loud and like at least in my own head when i say that i was like fuck i didn't want to do that like and i don't want them to do it so why are we bragging about it true yeah stop bragging if you're bragging about those long hours be like fuck that i why did i work that long yeah well if you look at even quora if you look at some of the intellectual tech leaders in this you know the bay area or silicon valley a lot of the questions about them are you know how many hours a week does elon musk work he must work 100 hours a week and that's so awesome like it's just worshipped. It's crazy. Yeah, that's not good. And uh, well, even going beyond that, there is like kind of this stigma of making your work like part of your life. Even how like offices like Google or Facebook, they make their offices so extravagant. Like you could just live there and I bet people do. Dude, like, you know, honestly, like there's, there's like you have showers, you have food, you have gyms, yeah. like, yeah, it's, which it's is actually pretty cool. cool. Right, yeah, exactly. But I guess it's like, it goes with the stigma of like, you know, almost your work is your life you know and it's not even and if you can do that then it's not even really working but have you ever been on facebook's campus i was actually just there the other day one it's really cool and I don't, i'm not sure if they do or do not do this on purpose but like it's like literally a city like if you go in there there's like a laundromat there's like a masseuse there's a there's a fucking phil's coffee right <laughs> and it, it to me i was walking around it and i was like it's, this seems like it's designed to keep you here. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah. It's like a, a prison of luxury. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think some of it could be a good thing. I look at it as maybe it's that play hard, work hard thing is like, if it makes my life more convenient that like I can work a normal eight hour day, but also be able to like get some other shit done, like my laundry or what else did you say there was, Brian? Like Facebook has like Phil's coffee. A a bike shop. A bike shop. Like if I can kind of get some of those chores done and just kind of focus on work and not have to worry about going after work to go do all these things, that's kind of nice, but I don't know that that's necessarily the goal. Yeah, it's a, it's a balance. Like, like I said, I'm, I'm not, accusing Facebook of any sort of impropriety in this particular case, but it's a, it is curious for sure. I also find some of the companies out here will provide dinner and they don't serve it till like eight o'clock. That's a red flag for me. Yeah, to me too. I'm okay with like a company providing dinner, but when you're like, no, 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 we serve it at eight o'clock, which is pretty late in my mind for dinner to be served it's like well no we encourage people to stay that long you have to wait till eight o'clock in order to get dinner so you're working till eight o'clock yep that's a problem yeah that to me i like that stacy said that's a red flag <laughs> and i was like it is. what like maybe if it was prefaced with like hey sometimes you know we've got a big release and we've you know done a lot of work for it and we just need everybody around to make sure everything goes sure. smoothly yeah. and you're like cool Otherwise, like if it's- I've been at, actually I'll say it like at Evernote when I was there, there was a point where we were shipping something. I can't even remember what it was. We were doing something big and the company decided they didn't normally do dinner, but they were like, hey, well, we'll start to provide dinner. Even if you get it and then go home, that's cool. Just like one less thing to think about, which I did appreciate. I just picked it up and went home. Yeah. I've done enough all day. I've been here all day long. 
cool. Now I don't have to think about that. I like Netflix's policy with it is that if you're working late enough to need dinner, just order it and expense it. So like sometimes it is necessary and sometimes like they will help you out in that particular situation, but obviously it's not encouraged and they don't expect it to be normal enough that it's a consistent thing. Yeah, I, I think that's like the biggest thing. Like it's one thing to like provide dinner, but then it's one thing to like encourage a specific time to have dinner because they expect you to work right? that that's, late. It's fucked. Makes me tired. Cheers. 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 <laughs> I'd be interested to know, how do you prevent burnout from happening? Are there ways that may have examples of ways to help it or ways that you've experienced preventing burnout? For me, the, you had mentioned earlier in the episode about like being self-driven and like pushing yourself a little too hard sometimes and always feeling like, oh, I, I should probably do this tutorial or I need to do some more self-learning. I need to get, I get, get my head around something and it can never end, right? Like there's always something new to learn and there's always another topic and always another framework. And so like I can overwhelm myself constantly by like trying to know all the things. And so it's really important for me, like yesterday was a beautiful sunny day and we went to the ocean and we went into nature and not away from all of tech. And like that kind of stuff is incredibly important to like not get into that spiral of anxiety and spiral of like self-doubt and all those kinds of things. It's like you're saying it's okay to not do what you maybe had planned on doing. You're like, oh yeah, I would love to look into that latest tutorial. But you're like, wow, it's beautiful. out. I'm going outside. Yeah. And I think the more experience I've gotten, the better I am at leaving work at work. Now when I walk in the door and I close my door, I am focused on my family and my kids and having dinner with them and talking about what happened in their day. And I'm not, don't have this loop in the back of my head just thinking about work anymore. And I think that keeps me fresh. And every day when I wake up in the morning, I'm looking forward to going into work and, and hitting some code and writing some code instead of just being like, just keeps continuing, right? It's, it's a good way to look at it too, is like, just turn it off when you go home. It's not always that easy, but I think that's a good way to start. Otherwise I get tired. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Something I've always struggled with, but it definitely helps is asking for help. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. especially like in times when there's just like so much that's on your plate, like you can just ask your teammates. And also like bringing it up with your manager, I've always found was really helpful. And then kind of like, and like, I think the bigger picture is like, how did you get in this situation that like ended up burning you out? And then like working with your manager in like a way that would kind of help that. Like there, like for actually very recently for us, there was a case where we had this big release and there was a huge thing that we just didn't really foresee. And then it just ended up being a couple of us like cranking down and working on it before the release night. And I was just like really talking to him and being like, hey, like we totally forgot about this. Like we need to like be better about like kind of specking out like what are the big things? What are the things that we need that we think are good to, for release night and stuff like that? I think that's a good point too, is sometimes just speaking up. I think that's really important is sometimes your manager may not really understand how much work is on your plate and it might need to be reprioritized. Like what is the top priority? What it, what happens if I drop this and like focus on one or the other? That can be really helpful. But also sometimes like even in that case, maybe something didn't need to get released right away. That's true. No, it's so true. You're like, oh my God, we're like rushing to get this out the door. And at some times that's not the best thing to do because it might deliver something that's half-baked or it's right. broken because you rushed it. When they might just say, oh, well, let's just spend an extra week on it. And I think so raising it is probably a really good idea. Yeah, and I think asking for help is probably some of the best advice you could that could possibly be dished out here. You know, in, in running, what I do is there's a, a mantra saying, you know, today's run isn't the most important, it's tomorrow's run that's more important. And I think that kind of 
goes along the same lines is it's not the problem you're trying to solve right now. It's having the energy to solve the next problem. So if you sit there and just iterate on this problem so hard that you're just burnt out by the end of that problem and you're not ready to solve the next thing, it's it, in the long run, it's going to hurt stuff. And I think as engineers, we really like to solve problems and fight through them instead of asking someone that will help you solve it much quicker. Or go to sleep, right? Like the whole idea of taking a break from that problem. There's all these studies that show that your, your brain, you know, is solving problems while you're sleeping. So instead of pushing yourself so hard that you're way overtired and you still can't solve it. Cheers. Cheers. Go to, go to sleep. Wait, so that's why sometimes I wake up and I debug something and I'm like, oh shit. That's like, <laughs> that was in my dream coding or something. Yeah, that, that that's sciences. That's badass. <laughs> I did not know that, but I've totally had that happen. What happens when you are burned out? Like, how do you, how do you come back from that? Oh, that can be tough. Vacation is important. I think when you're starting to feel like that, taking time off and really shutting off from work can be very very powerful and taking a vacation means not answering and responding to emails not working a little bit it's like just shut off for a bit and i think that's really important or like maybe taking time to like why did you originally go into this industry like why did you why did you find it fun to like solve problems and do these things well maybe instead of trying to stress yourself out by like learning the next framework or library that maybe isn't even applicable to anything that you're doing because but you feel like you're falling behind like scrap that and just do something fun like oh i want to learn how to animate something on on the screen that proves it has no value other than it just being fun well i think that's actually probably part of it too like we kind of talked about like i was asking like why in our industry is it so bad i think part of it is because we all love to code and i do that outside of work and it is like even what stacy you're saying there is like well go animate something or try something do more code. And, and, <laughs> and that's not a bad thing i'm not disagreeing it's like a good thing that you still enjoy doing it but maybe it's just changing a gear and doing something that's maybe outside of your actual day-to-day -day work but I think that can be the hard thing is there's no real barrier. You're not like, oh, I punch in my clock and then I punch out and I'm not going to touch code for the rest of the night and I go back to work the next day. It's like, no, you're going home and you're like, wow, I'd love to create something or I want to learn some new technology. Or sometimes just step back and do something that you're actually, you know, you're good at or you know you can do. It's just get a little small victory in there and yeah. let that help improve your, you know, your mental state and kind of let those small victories barrel into something. Uh, that'll help you be creative and solve the problem that's maybe creating some stress for you. Do you do that on projects? If you had a long running project, because sometimes that can be stressful is you have like three month project. Do you find like sometimes just doing like a small bug or something and shipping it, it feels like- Yeah, that's what I do when I'm struggling with a big project. I'll take one morning, block it off the calendar and just fix a couple of bugs that I know I've had outstanding that I know are easy fixes or simple wins and then yeah, that helps me get back on track, right? Writing some good code and right, pushing something to prod makes you feel good. And Yeah, what I do is, is I block off time and I go create bugs for Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the vicious cycle. <laughs> you, you helped him with his productivity. I did. I'm yeah, a good person. I feel so much better now. <laughs> I go just make up Jira's and assign them to Ryan. <laughs> These regressions were from my project, but... <laughs> Have you ever found any apps or software or things that make your life easier or more manageable that kind of helps prevent burnout? I like uh, not necessarily the Pomodoro technique in and of itself, but I like the idea of doing a block of work 
and like not paying attention to anything else and then having a defined amount of time to just like, okay, I have 30 minutes to just dick around on Twitter, right? Or something like that. Yeah. Or, you know, I have a 45 minute block to just go walk around the building or something like that. And so having like time where I, I have permissed myself to, to not work. And that, I found that's been really helpful just uh, in general for my productivity. Do you block off time specifically or just throughout the day, you just kind of like, oh, now's a good time. Or do you actually block off time? This is going to be my like, go for a walk time. Uh, I, I have an app called Focus that I use on and off that it's, it is pretty much the Pomodoro technique sort of thing. I think it's focusapp.com if I remember correctly. And you can define like, I'm going to work for 40 minutes and then I'm going to take a 15 minute and it just has timers and it works on your iPhone. It's, that's been helpful for me, but I think you can use it with any number of uh, different apps that do it. You said something interesting there and you said like, you know, you like to go on Twitter and, and kind of zone out for a half hour. But for some, sometimes I feel like social media can actually contribute to my burnout because you go on Twitter and you see all this shit people are building and you're like, oh man, I'm not doing anything like these guys. I suck. Oh, I don't, I don't care about them. That, that's, that's my secret. <laughs> yeah, that idea of like comparing yourself to like the, like who do you, so who do I follow on Twitter? I'm sure that basically I follow like the top 1% of people in this field that are vocal. Yep. And so make that percentage even smaller or whatever. And so that's who, who I'm comparing myself to. I only follow Jem Young and it makes me feel better. <laughs> what she is presenting at south by southwest no big deal no big deal like he's not accomplishing anything (laughs) throwing his life away (laughs) but yeah like scrolling through twitter and seeing all these people doing all these amazing things you're like "Ah, ah." (laughs) i have to speak at more conferences i have to push more open source code. I have to make tutorials. There's so many things. Yeah, all these people that are like superhuman. Like, how do you possibly do all these things? And yeah, so maybe shutting off Twitter once in a while is probably good for your mental health. It'd be interesting asking them too, is those people that you're calling as like examples, how do you do it? And I bet you they do have downtime, but you don't necessarily see it because on your downtime, you're reading all the work that they're doing. So I think it's a balance of that. They're just assholes. I think that's, they're just making it up. (laughs) In terms of tools, for me, and this is not sponsored by Atlassian. Hmm. Sponsored by Atlassian, TM. I I do, I've used Trello for a very long time. Has really nothing to do with Atlassian other than they bought them, but. (laughs) Trello is awesome though. It's like really easy to digest. It's, I feel success moving something off of it. So I, I get that. So like for me, I'll get really stressed out thinking about all the things I have to do and I'll like cue them up in my brain. So Trello to me has been very helpful to like get that out. And then I I feel less stressed because it's somewhere else and it's stacked up somewhere else, but I'm not having to like mentally obsess about it. So that's cool. That's a good idea. It's the to-do list or checklist. I I think it's super powerful. You're not going through in your head. I have to do this, 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 and this. It's like, okay, cool. I'm going to put that on a list. And then I have a column of today and that under that column of today is my card that says I'm going to do like one or two things and that's it. Do you feel guilty if you don't finish one of those today? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that could be like that too. It could be that too. That's a straightforward answer. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, yes. 
<laughs> I also saw this one app. I've tried it once. Meditation to me is not something I've ever really tried, but I feel like just turning your head off and like Brian said, like checking out Twitter and things like that is something like calming to him or a break, but sometimes just like no technology. Well, and I'm saying that there's actually an app for it. But, uh, <laughs> there's, I saw an app called Headspace where it, it helps yeah. you meditate and you know, just like tells you how to breathe and like take a break. I think it only takes like 10 or 15 minutes. And I think that could be useful. I haven't really used it enough to say that is useful. Yeah. Fitbit does it too. They have it with their latest update that they has like lead meditation. I think the Apple Watch does it too, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, the Apple Watch tells you to breathe. I always say ignore. Uh, I was like, I will do what I want, Siri. God damn it. <laughs> Don't tell me when to breathe. <laughs> get up and you're like, come on, I'm like sitting in a meeting. I can't just get up and walk around. <laughs> I'll look silly. <laughs> oh, sorry, Siri told me to stand up. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually gonna try that in a meeting and just start walking. It around. would work. Siri told me to stand up. I'm, I'm listening to the technology. I once had a yoga instructor who told me, because I like, we would do like inversions because that really does help clear your head. Literally. Headstands, whatever, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, I, and he's like, you know, if, if, there, if you're in a meeting or if you're, you're very in the middle of your day, just, you know, do it. <laughs> do headstand. I'm like, do a headstand. <laughs> Please do that. I, I actually want to see that, and then like get some uh, one of your colleagues to take a photo. I would love to see that. Stacy's now doing a headstand. Yes, <laughs> I've been doing it this whole episode. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> if we were still at a previous company, then your tie would get in your face. <laughs> <laughs> But I do think that brings up a really good point is have other hobbies outside of coding yes. and computers. Yeah, get away from tech. Like brew beer. Which we're drinking Brian's brewed beer. It's really delicious. It's not too bad. Is this the first batch? You're drinking the first batch. I'm drinking the second batch that I've done here. I've done it before. I just hadn't done it in a long right. time. Tired. Just wanted. You, you just wanted to drink. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, <laughs> he wanted more of Brian's I'm beer. tired of this beer. We've talked about how we may combat burnout and help ourselves. How do you help a colleague who looks to be distressed or looks like they're burning out? How do you help them? Well, I employ the, the Ryan Inkland method, which is I just constantly tell them they look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's basically how I say hello to everyone. I, uh... You're looking very tired today. <laughs> well, I think even just like inviting them out to lunch. Actually, actually like one thing that I think is, a pro I, I see a problem is like some people take their work to their or take their lunch to their desk. I do it all the time. And they work mm. at the and I and then like there was a time where I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna eat downstairs like with other people, and that's like it like made me so much happier. And if you see your coworker who's like definitely doing a lot of work, like just say, hey, like let's go grab lunch. Just, just go, go grab their lunch. And and take it. <laughs> no, you don't get this. <laughs> when I, I eat like my that, desk, though. it's usually just to watch Netflix anyway. Actually, I've seen you do that, like yes. where you'll like watch an episode of something. That's a good idea. There's shows that my wife won't watch, and lunchtime is a great time to watch those shows. You should watch more Netflix. That's that's what the three white guys are saying. <laughs> On that topic of like checking in with your, your teammates to be like, maybe if you see someone looking maybe a little agitated or, or stressed or whatever it is, like just ask them, like, hey, is there anything I can help you with? Because sometimes people are afraid to ask for help, or if, especially if they're newer, maybe you're more junior, they might be like self-stressing because they can't figure something out, but they don't want to ask for help because it looks bad, blah, blah, blah. Like, 
just be proactive in asking them if they need help. Great. So when I'm in too many meetings, I'm going to start asking Brian Holt to attend all my meetings. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> that's going to be go bad for both of us. <laughs> yeah, I, I do like to reach out to people. And if I see them struggling, I'll just ask them to just explain the problem to me. And a lot of times just explaining the problem has actually helped them come up with the solution just by thinking through it again. You were their rubber duck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Actually, you're really good at that. Definitely walking through and like you're pretty calm and you take the time to really understand what the problem right is. Right after I tell them they look like shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan will shame them into a solution. They look really He's tired. tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. Tired. tired of all this Ryan shaming here. <laughs> so I have an interesting maybe last thing to think about. So Sarah May posted something about burnout that I thought was kind of fascinating on Twitter. And she posted that when we pathologize the non-involvement side of the cycle as burnout, we imply that involvement side is the positive natural state. Meaning like what you were doing should be natural and normal, AKA overextension, constant obsession about things, saying yes to everything. Like that's normal. No, now you're burned out. Oh, interesting. Like it's like turning it on its head and flipping that around. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know if there's anything to say about that, but I thought it was interesting. No, it's an interesting point that I wouldn't have thought of it like that. Yeah, like maybe that's not normal. Maybe, you know, shouldn't... We should just always be crazy busy. Or like that is not the norm and we should stop being saying yes to everything and constantly obsessing about things. And Yeah, just do your one task and don't worry about anyone else's tasks. Just do that one thing. Then go home. Yeah. <laughs> and go to Shut sleep. Shut off and go to sleep. I feel like technology is hurt as well as like, I love technology. I love, you know, that we have smartphones. We have everything we need right in, in our pocket. Or now we have watches. We have laptops. We have all these great tools that help us do our job. But it also means we're like connected all the time. Is I can get an email right now and be like, oh shit, I should probably respond to that when sometimes it, it is useful to not check that. I've had friends that will turn off emails or their work email all weekend, or if they're on vacation, they just shut it off. And I think that's a great idea. Yeah, totally. Turn off notifications is huge for me. When I leave work for the weekend, turn off Slack notifications, turn off email notifications. Well, and even like the MacBook has the do not disturb. I guess the iPhone does too, but it will turn off all your text messages as well, which yeah. you may still want. But yeah, that's a good idea of just turning those off. I mean, it's pretty easy to turn off your work account. It's pretty easy to do. As a side rant, if you use at channel in Slack, oh no, willy-nilly, I will fucking find you. <laughs> well, I, actually, you should, you should explain what the difference between at channel versus at here, because a lot of people don't know. Well, they, they will know now because when you do at channel, Slack says like, are you super, super sure you want to notify 2,200 people? Do you really want to piss all those people off? <laughs> Does it tell you how many people are in the channel? It will. Oh, yeah, that's pretty you. awesome. Use that sparingly. Yeah, even at here, which will only notify people that are currently like attached, like attached to a session with uh, Slack. It's like so if you, if you really want everyone that's online to see it, then then go ahead, right? But if you do not want literally every person to see it, then then you ha you need to not do that because fuck that. The at here doesn't bother me too much because like that means I'm probably on the computer. But it the, bothers me. Even the sure. here, yeah, here bothers me a lot. It bothers me like uh, for time zones, like we we have you know multiple time zones. There's people in Sydney, and they might do like a hey at here um up update the agenda for this meeting. I'm like it's Sunday. <laughs> you are you are working on Monday. You monster. <laughs> That's actually a good point. <laughs>
Yeah, and just to be almost be more aware of when you're using it. Because even that, does that really need to be said? Maybe, maybe for the five people in the meeting. So then, just type out their names and like that's okay. Yeah, be cognizant of the people like that are their work time. They're actually at. Yeah, because more and more we have companies that are worldwide. Mm-hmm. There, you know, we have the internet, and we're like constantly able to work in all different time zones. But that doesn't mean the other person is necessarily working at the same time. Yeah. How can we have companies or employers or even managers? What are things that they can do to try and help prevent burnout for their employees? So one thing like that Evernote does is every year, there's like kind of a use it or lose it kind of thing where you get a thousand dollars for vacation and you have to use it and it its sole purpose is to like encourage people to take vacation because they've seen people not take vacation so i, I think that's like one thing that like employers can do like having like some sort of benefit or like siphon to like encourage people to take vacation like it's an important thing to do well and i think that's really funny too because Evernote has unlimited vacation. So people are like, they're literally saying, here's a thousand dollars to go fly somewhere or spend it on a hotel or whatever you want to do. I think like as a team leader, manager, like a split moment in time when I was those things, I would just make sure to like stand up for the team. So if I ever saw someone like demanding that someone on the team work on a weekend, I would step in and be like, nope. Like, yeah, poor, fuck that. like <laughs> poor planning was that doesn't mean like you can demand that my team, you know, comes in. So like standing up for them, paying attention to that. And then also like if you see someone who's like one of those like they're overly self-motivated, they're trying really hard, they're like working on the weekend constantly, you can see them like checking in code on the weekend. Just be like, hey, is there something I can help you with? You don't need to do that. Like being proactive. About it's almost it. actually just like making them feel aware that they don't have to yes. do that. I think that like right there, you saying that is like super important is like someone saying, hey, I love that you're doing that. That's great, but you don't have to be doing that. Yeah, yeah stop it. Yeah, like <laughs> stop it. take a break, it's cool. <laughs> or even watching for things like that where there's someone is working hard and saying, go home, like take an extra couple days. I think even Brian was talking about the Reddit point where you work super, super hard and then they're like, take a month off. I think. That's cool. At least recognizing like, okay, you were doing way too much and maybe it was warranted that they needed that done, but then saying, take time off, go recharge. Well, and like, I think this is all dancing on a point, which is if you have like hard business deadlines, you have hard business deadlines, right? Like if you miss Black Friday, you miss Black Friday. There's only, (laughs) there's just but one, right? (laughs) But if it's not like a hard business deadline and People are more important than deadlines, I think, right? And so it's better to not burn your employees out and push something a week, right? So be willing to do that in the name of uh, protecting your employees. Yeah, because I think there's there's always going to be those times where there's a Black Friday where it really is like a hard deadline. Or at Netflix, sometimes there's partners, partners or even content. There's a piece of content that's launching on a date that we have said and pretty sure people will be pissed if they didn't get that content on that day but there's a lot of things that we do that we wish or hope that we have them for next friday but if it didn't go out that friday like a new feature if it went out the next friday it's not the end of the world it's fine and so i think it's like picking and choosing when something is really needed or not yep and then being like self-aware enough with the team that if it there was was business curriculum had to go out on this date that you like talk about it afterwards like 
is there something we could have done to make this less horrible? Like a postmortem. Post-mortem. Yeah. Like make sure I think those are great. And ask yes. everybody what they think about how they could do things better. You should do those on every project, even if one that was like perfect. Like even if everything is perfect, there's always something, because nothing's ever perfect, there's always something that could be better, and how do you learn from it? And I, like, I also employ the Ryan Anklin method on that too. It's called the blaming postmortem. Where you just, there's no words, you just point at people. <laughs> All your fault, not mine, obviously. My finger always points at Ryan Inkle. Point at myself. Well, and even going back to like what managers can do is helping prioritize. Like I said earlier, when you're overwhelmed with things, go talk to them and say, I have like these five projects. What are the priority? And like have them reorder them of like priority because they may have more context of understanding what the deadlines are or what could be pushed and it's not as big of a deal to the business but there might be one in your on out of those five items that is super important that if everything else fell that's okay but that one doesn't so then at least you just got freed up you don't have four other things to worry about until you're done that one thing i think that's super important for new like newer junior devs because i think that's a scary thing to say to someone when you're first starting out but like it's the most important thing for you to learn is to be like hey, someone who's asked me to do 12 things that are all super important and highest priority, which one do you actually want done first? Because that's all I can do. I can do one thing at a time and, and yeah. to have that conversation. Really well, the thing is, is everyone that you work with, their thing is the most important thing. It is. Like, I'm sorry, but it always is. Doesn't matter what it is. They're like, oh, it's the most important thing. It has to go out. But like, you really have to better understand that. And hopefully your manager or whoever you report to can really decipher that and say, Mm, no, I'll deal with that person. Like, that's not that important. Yeah. I had a manager again at Reddit that just came to me. He's like, "Dude, you need a vacation." It's like it wasn't like official in any capacity. He's like, "I just like, I just cleared out your schedule, and I just want you to not come to the office for two weeks." That's pretty cool too. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice. That is. And so, like, did you go on vacation or just like yeah. literally just went hung out at home? No, I, I went somewhere, but I, I could have equally just hung out and played playstation or something like that. yeah i think sometimes the staycation is okay yeah totally as we end the episode what is some advice that you would give others affected by burnout i know we've talked briefly about some advice and things like that but what are some just quick advice that we can give to our listeners with your estimates because like a lot of this comes down to estimates like we gave like a crappy estimate once because we all engineers are we have proven scientifically we are literally incapable of of giving proper estimates so take what you think the longest it could take and then triple it and then add like 10 right (laughs) and at that point you're you're only about halfway there which is close enough also stick to that Um, yeah do not be pressured into lowering your estimates yes 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 absolutely you really know those and i think it's okay to pad because there's always something that comes up and i think it's also really good as an engineer that gives you a timeline even for like a product manager if you keep telling them oh yeah you'll have it tomorrow and then you don't deliver oh yeah yeah, no 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 well tomorrow i'll have it well actually the next day i'll have it that actually is way worse than just saying it will take me a week that's okay like that's actually a way better solution than they expect that it's going to be next day when you tell them that but if it's a week they expect it in a week and that's okay it's better having to come to you once rather than multiple times yeah, that's also just more stressful on you. Well, and constantly rem- remind people that are not in engineering and people that are in, in engineering that was like, hey, I, I foresee this taking me three weeks. Th- that's a really rough estimate. It could probably take me the rest of the year. Fair. And, uh, <laughs> well, and I think at that point, too, is even to Ryan's point of sticking to it, I think that's really important. It's also like if it's taking way longer than someone expected, then you can have that conversation of why. What's the big holdup? 
the in this new feature or whatever you're building what's the big holdup? and it might just be something really really small or in their mind and say like a product manager i keep picking on them but usually they're the ones driving Fucking a lot product of features <laughs> but they might realize and go oh shit is there another way we could go and you're like yeah we could do this and it's only a day and they're like well Let's just do that. And so I think sometimes having that conversation is really, really important. One quick thing I want to add to that is, especially when it comes to estimates, make sure you're estimating doing the thing right. People who always pressure you to do it fast, and then maybe you'll do something that will totally. create technical debt. And then when you have to address that technical debt later, that creates burnout. You never have time for it. You're going to have to fix it, or like you're, you're just going to have to hack around it, and that just creates more burnout. Well, I think a lot of times these slipped deadlines, this extra pressure comes from someone else some external pressure is like oh well we're, we want to change this now like we told, originally told you this and now we want to double the scope and half the timeline <laughs> is that reasonable <laughs> obviously always reasonable. no ryan no ryan income i will not do that <laughs> i don't know why he became the product manager in this <laughs> starting to feel a little bit of uh did i, did I do something to your desk yeah you did, you, did. Your, um... you put some fingerprints on my screen <laughs> Yeah, if you ever want to piss Ryan Ankle, just go put brains. a hand <laughs> Or me. That's a hor- that is horrible. Oh, that is a bad offense. Don't touch my screen. All right. I'll do it right after you. I was like, hey, look, look, we're finger painting. <laughs> <laughs> stressing me out. I'm just- <laughs> yeah, in, in, in terms of advice for burnout, I actually just want to second what Ryan Inklum said earlier, where, like, you know, just like when you get home. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely something nice. Like, uh, when when you get home and, like, you find yourself working, like, I understand there are deadlines and sometimes you need to get stuff done, but sometimes you just really just gotta turn it off and just work at it. Like, there have been so many nights where I was working on something because I needed to get it done, but I was just creating way more bugs Mm -hmm. than I was actually, like, solving. And then, like, I'd wake, I would be like, you know what, I'm just gonna. Forget this. I'm just gonna do it tomorrow morning. I wake up tomorrow morning. I tell my coworker, I'm like, man, I was working on this bug last night. He's like, oh, did you check this? They're like, oh, <laughs> I, I didn't. And, and that's and I, say, Yeah, don't kill yourself over it. It's just not worth it. We're not performing surgery, life-changing <laughs> surgery <laughs> here. It's you know, it's software. It's, I don't know. People get pretty upset about their Netflix. They do. <laughs> exactly to Augustus' point is like you shouldn't rush something. Do it right the first time. Don't be like, well, I have to get meet this deadline and like introduce all these bugs. Because guess what? People are going to be more pissed off at that. To that point, I actually get very happy when uh, Jira goes down because then no one can have any bugs. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> but we use stash, and when stash goes down, like, well, can't fuck it, we're going home. Can't make any fixes. So, can't write any code. If you want to help with burnout, just start like shutting down systems at Atlassian. Yeah, just, just shut DDoS down everything. Atlassian. You can be the chaos monkey. <laughs> Or, or when S3 went down, yeah. our oh, deployment our deployment <laughs> didn't work. So it's like, well, we can't ship anything. Yep. So we're going to get drunk. <laughs> All right. As we wrap up today's episode, we like to share picks each episode of things that we like or have been enjoying. Brian, what do you have for picks this week? I have just one. I picked up the PS4 game Horizon Zero Dawn, and I am goddamn addicted. It has robot dinosaurs. What? You sold me just there. Robot dinosaurs. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's phenomenal. I'm addicted and, and I have a problem. That's all. So does that cause burnout? No, it, it is actually the solution to burnout for me. <laughs> Stacy, what do you have? So my first pick is a song by Colin Stetson called Spin Drift. He's a saxophonist that... And, and 
if you're good friends with me, you'll know that I like have this like hatred of saxophones. I think they're terrible. I don't like most jazz music that has saxophone. I'm like, oh, that's the worst instrument. So but, is, is Yakety Sax your favorite song? I don't even oh. know what that is. It sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it has sax in the title. <laughs> but this guy blows me away. He does things like, I um, mean, I'm not a music major, so this is like from Wikipedia kind of thing, but advanced circular breathing, reed vocalizations, percussive valve work. He does some really crazy things with, with this instrument, and I really like it. So I'll... Uh, post a link to that you can check it out my second pick is an article by sarah swedon i hope i pronounced your name right um, and it's on the topic of burnout and she wrote an article called it's not how many hours of sleep you get and one of the things that i thought was nice that she called out was to stop comparing yourself and your productivity to others because that's kind of what can lead you down that path to burnout so don't look on twitter at what other people are doing you might want to stop that a little bit <laughs> just go look at we rate dogs <laughs> dogs make me happy that yeah. would be great it's a good dog brand yeah, a good dog brand <laughs> augustus what do you have yeah uh, i have two uh one is periscopic.com not periscope um, periscopic um which is a data visualization firm that helps that promotes like information transparency and public awareness. They have like tons of really cool data visualizations on just a variety of things. Like I really look up to them and New York Times for a lot of the data visualization stuff that they do on the web. So definitely check them out. And the other is this really popular GitHub repo called System Design Primer. It has like seven thousand stars, and it's basically like a study guide for system design interviews. Definitely something really, really important if you're like looking to be like a senior software engineer. That's like definitely something that is always in like the interview. And it has like really good stuff on like system design, like what goes into it and what are some expect questions that you could expect from that kind of interview. Awesome. Ryan, what do you have? Uh, so my first one is a blog post called Hacking Node Serialize. And uh, it's a really detailed post where he goes through exploiting a security flaw in a node module and actually using that to create a remote shell where you can just execute commands. Um, so it was really fascinating, a really good read. Cool. It's really well written. So definitely check that out. Uh, and my second one is a app called Rocket. And it's one of the first apps that I've really found useful for the new touch bar. And all it really does is kind of mimics your dock but it's in the touch bar, oh, and it's uh, triggered by a keyboard shortcut, and it's helped me not have to use my mouse just a little bit less. So anything that helps me use my mouse less is, is a big bonus for me. Hashtag Vim. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm stoked that there's actually something useful for that touch bar. Yes, it's Great. one of the first ones. Awesome. So the only thing I've ever used it for is displaying Nyan Cat. Nyan Cat. <laughs> That was badass. <laughs> hey, now Electron supports it, so we'll see more stuff with it. I have uh, three picks. One I want to call out a graffiti artist in Canada uh, by the name of Rove. He is actually sending me a little HO uh, train that he's painted and just sending it to me if I'm like really super stoked on it. Another tool that honestly I don't know how people live without, or at least once I finally covered it, it's been super powerful, is Charles Proxy. Oh yeah. Oh Charles. man, it's so helpful. Oh, no. Debugging on like a mobile device is amazing. You literally have your network connections, everything running, and you can actually see what's happening on the mobile device. I, I will say that Charlie often bites me. <laughs> <laughs> and my third and final pick is React Native. It is awesome, so people should write React Native. As we wrap up the episode, where can people get in touch with you? Brian. 
You can start my repos on GitHub at BT Holt. Nice. Stacy. You can find me on Twitter at Stacy Londoner. My Twitter is at Augberto, A-U-G-B-U-R-T-O. And I'm Bittersweet Ryan, pretty much everywhere. GitHub, Twitter. Th- that's it. That's, that's it. it. <laughs> that, that's it. I, I was just I was that too. <laughs> I'm like, I don't really post anywhere else, but yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at Burgess D. Ryan, and I'll change it up and also add in Instagram. My handle is Ryan.Burgess. If you like photos of dogs, graffiti, and tattoos, you can follow me on Instagram. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. Make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at FrontNHH. Any last words? I feel great! (laughs) Great!